Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Star Sound Speaks. This is your host, Irliana Samsara, with episode episode 164. And I have with me the very lovely Elodie Saint-Ange Aubu. Yay! I'm so glad my dad told me to play <laughs> French in high school. Thank you, Dad. Thank you. <laughs> anyway. Hello, Elodie. Hi, nice to meet you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm, I've been on this war path to have, um, you know, that full moon in Libra, it was like right on my Jupiter. And I was like, no, and I went all over the world. I'm like really cool astrologers and I, you passed. So I feel, <laughs> I feel honored. Thank you very much. Yeah, I saw your, your episodes and you have a lot of interesting people on here. So very honored. Thank you. Well, I am gra grateful that you're joining us because I know the things you had to say on, on uh, your website and on other podcasts were really um, fascinating to me. And it was just took astrology in a whole other direction of discussion. So that's what I wanted to share with everybody today. Um, what we're going to talk about is first I'm going to, I always do, you know, how did you find astrology? You know, how to have that come into your life? Because everybody's got a really cool origin story. Um, and then we can go into, I really, I'm really intrigued by this concept that you talked about, uh, the age of the internet and astrology and the age of 24 hour light and how you studied the ancients and then how you're pondering how all that played in. But now we've got, you know, for the last 200 years, you know, the light bulb and 24 hour light. And then I think about light pollution and you know, and what, what does that do to our, our soul and our psyche? And I think it's a really timely conversation right now um, with Uranus in, in, we're in eclipse season and with Uranus playing such an important part of these Taurus Scorpio eclipses for the next 12 months. Um, I think it's a super relevant conversation. So I'm grateful to have you share your wisdom with us. So yeah, anyways, um, so, yeah go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm really, I'm open to take this anywhere. I mean, I'm into the philosophy of light and darkness as an astrologer. So very glad to be able to discuss that. Yeah. Yeah. The deep stuff. I love that. Yeah. We want juice. All right. So um, <laughs> <laughs> see, Leo's can not, it's not just the show. It can, we can also be, you know, depth. the cheerleader, yeah, the cheerleader, the cheerleader the of depth. <laughs> So, philosophical cheerleader philosophical cheerleader right? <laughs> oh gosh give me that varsity sweater <laughs> so, um, all right so yeah so how did you um how did you find astrology i mean gosh you know what did you do in your early life and how did you how did you find yourself here i think um like a lot of teenager i was just into like you know runes and cards and astrology so when I was 15, 16, I, I got into a lot of divination and um, it was kind of just like a side hobby forever. And then when I turned 30, my Saturn return, I actually was studying my own birth chart and was reading Joseph Campbell interpretation. Like it was somebody, an astrologer who used Joseph Campbell, follow your bliss um, for delineating like something that I had in the ninth house and so I was like follow my bliss and then I realized that like I was doing astrology all the time and it was really a bliss for me and so that's when I decided to actually go to school for it and I just googled schools online and and then really seriously took on that path so prior to my Saturn return it was 
it was definitely like a just like a calling but i hadn't identified it so through my through the understanding of my own child i realized that i should be studying astrology right it yeah. was like it was always right that we say transformation it's always right in front of you yeah it's hard to be self-aware you think you're self-aware but you're so in like navel gazing that you're completely blind to yourself <laughs> yeah. Blind spot. <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah so it's something i've done basically all my life and then eventually just decide to seriously can take it and it's a vocation so i always specify you know there's work and then there's vocation and sometimes you don't make money with your vocation sometimes you do um so I was a cook for 20 years also you know um as a supplement and then eventually I became an astrologer full-time wow yeah very cool Hellenistic um evolutionary astrology you've studied different disciplines yeah, the evolutionary astrology, I think, came like very early, just because that was a lot of the books from the 60s that were available, you know, psychological and right. symbolic and evolutionary karmic, all of that. So that's a lot of the kind of uh, material that was available when I was younger. And then I studied uh, archetypal astrology with uh, nightlight astrology and then went in. I think any astrolog astrologer, when you start to study, you eventually end up into the traditional form because that's sort of the the root of the practice so you know you just end up into the source material which is yeah. hellenistic traditional and then beyond for me it didn't stop there i'm really really interested in archaeo astronomy um so it's it's a branch of archaeology where people are actually conceptualizing how ancient paleolithic people um used astronomy obviously in tandem with astrology most likely to situate themselves so <clears throat> there's actually a great book here and i there's no um english equivalent i'm always researching but there's this um mm, the cave drawings lasco and le ciel de la the sky of the prehistoric peoples yeah oh. and your I'm, dog is approving yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and so basically i don't know if you're familiar with um the lunar calendars of the paleolithic era but the small bone fragments that they discovered everywhere um dating from three hundred fifty thousand years ago to maybe twenty five thousand years ago where it tells us that ancient people were tracking the movement of the moon for a very, very long time. In this book here, her theory is that the people who did these drawings were aware of the procession of the equinox. Wow. Although we attribute the procession of the equinox to the Greeks, like the discovery of the procession. So that places the, you know, humans knowing about the procession of the equinox way, way. earlier like 10,000 years or something right 20 yeah 20,000 20, years yeah. earlier wow. so although it, ma it I, makes ancient greek and egyptian um, <laughs> wisdom look like yesterday considering yeah yeah exactly so it's it's traditional hellenistic astrology is quite modern considering our right. our history so yeah so i'm really into like the more really more ancient um 
forms and you know it's not there's no writing there's nothing so we can only go by the archaeology and the artifacts that are being found yeah yeah and let them speak to us yes exactly yeah wow very very cool so um about this um the age of astrology in the age of life let's i mean age of life in the age of life <laughs> light <laughs> and it has to do with life and the quality of life yeah let's go there what 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 is um what drew you to that or uh, you you definitely are a, definitely a contemplative contemplative philosophical can't talk today. Hello. <laughs> Wait till next week when Mercury's completely stationed retrograde. <laughs> sorry. No, not sorry. It's just we're having fun with it. Um, no. So yeah, the the you you I know I love how you contemplate philosophically these ideas. So what is it about astrology in the age of the internet that draws you what what is it that engages you and maybe maybe upsets you or has you concerned or <clears throat> some kind of state of wonderment well i think every professional astrologer uh, right now is coming against these these questions because most of our practice is happening online which is really good because we're forming community. I'm meeting you today. I would have never known about you without the internet. So in terms of, you know, having a community as astrologer, I think it's, it's amazing and it's very connective. Um, but as for the practice itself, um, you know, there's a lot of question. There's a lot of ethical question because the practice is not regulated. So that's one thing anybody can improvise themselves. Um, and then more extensively, I think we're using softwares to locate the planets. So we're not really engaging with the sky as much, um, which, you know, astrology is the science of light. Fundamentally, it's, it's looking at the sun rising and setting. That's what humans have been doing forever. But as we move into this 24-hour daylight, blue screen, I'm really questioning what's the impact on the physiological level, because the study of astrology is how the correlation between the movement of the planet and our experience. But is our experience changing because of our experience of light? Mm. Um, and these questions started coming through because I was doing a research project with the moon and the lunar mansion. So you know, just tracking the lunar cycle every month and just looking at it visually and contextualizing like where I'm located, looking at it and stuff. And also just taking note on how it's affecting me biologically, how it's affecting my dream, how it's affecting my emotional state and stuff. But then I started to realize I'm like, it's a little bit different because nighttime is not necessarily nighttime anymore for us. Um, and it hasn't for, you know, maybe 50, 60 years, um, more so with television and then now with the screen and stuff. So I do think people are overstimulated with the light um, and our nervous system are really, you see a lot of talk online too about nervous system and regulating the nervous system and stuff. I do think it's related to the light and, um, and you know, in astrology, the simplest, simplest thing to start with is the moon because the moon cycle is so fast, right? It takes 30 days, it's easy to track, and it's very connected to our body and how we feel. 
and just with that, we can see that there's a lot of change that is happening at a profound level. So what does it mean for us humans? Like not, not only for the practice of astrology, but what does it mean? How are we changing physically because of this light that we're constantly looking at? Mm. How so, are we changing? Because people I, may not even realize that, that they're, you know, it can be such a suck and we don't realize what it's doing to us. Well, it's, we're social creature and we're really, you know, we, we're geared towards community. So it's nice to have access to the world and, and all of that. So it's very connective. So it's fulfilling that need, which I think we crave. And it's, you know, people, it, it's, it offers all sorts of opportunity and stuff like that. But yeah, on the physiological level, I do think it's really problematic because we're ingesting so much image, so much light. How is that affecting our psyche and our body and our physiognomy? And I'm like, are we going to be completely transformed? Are we on our way to becoming like a different kind of human because of 24-hour daylight? And then more extensively, what does that mean for the practice of astrology? Obviously, if we only use computer and we don't need to correlate how we feel to the movement of the planet anymore, we're just using sort of an abstract model online. Right. Um, it becomes so abstract. It becomes abstract. We're moving into the air, period. Right. <laughs> Where we're just like moving information around and using information and kind of like building different kind of structures, virtual structures. And we, we can apply different type of meaning. It's, it seems to me that it's just less, well, it's obviously less organic um but then you can but you can also do more things so i mean i don't say necessarily it's fundamentally bad but on a physiological level at this point this sort of conjuncture that we find ourselves i do think that there's some major issue with like people's nervous system and the inability to regulate themselves because the social platform online are geared keep our attention right and it like yeah yeah, it's geared and and I could you maybe we could phrase it as, you know, it costs us something. So it's not about like good, bad, taking it out of that matrix, but it costs what does it cost us? And yeah. what I what I hear you saying is, you know, what it costs us is that organic connection which has existed since time immemorial with people looking at the stars. And yeah, and, and I, I I think too you know, I, I would like to see that this Uranus in the mix with the Taurus Scorpio eclipses is this alarm bell that's saying, wait a minute, you know, whistle, yeah. uh, maybe we need to rethink this. And, um, and sometimes it unfortunately takes, it could take a catastrophic, catastrophic event like an earthquake or whatever to shake people out of that comfort zone and reground them with real earth yeah, the grounding there is really, it's a good word to use, grounding. I do think that people are looking for grounding. Um, but at the same time, a lot of us now are making a living online uh, because of the last two years. So a lot of people are relying on these platforms. And it's really hard to regulate also, to regulate yourself, to be like, okay, you know, um, especially if you're working for yourself or you're working online, it's just this it's this permanent experience. Um, and I do think it's affecting our nervous system. I think people are kind of cornered, like they're 
into back into a foreigner at this point and I did like a survey on, online to ask people what do you think is more more addictive Instagram or what do you think is harder to quit cigarette or Instagram and actually it was Instagram most people said Instagram wow so so you know uh, apart from the the light aspect as professional astrologer and using light and darkness in our practice just just the human experience you know of of that is really it's a compulsive thing it's something that we have a really hard time regulating and the images on our eyes too constant images so many images um you know and bombardment <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean astrology arose from the sun rising that's why the ascendant is so important that's where the sun rises it represents the east um it, yeah it doesn't need to be complicated it's very very simple but i do think it oh, like it it becomes this complicated web with the internet which is nice because you can do more complex form of astrology like astrological magic and stuff um but yeah on a on a more physiological level which is very important like people are losing their energy i do think online yeah it's it's very it's yeah we are definitely at a choice point and when i think about uranus being ruling the internet and and ai just ai in yes, general yeah you know it's like oh yeah yeah um it's um it's funny it, it, it's strange but um last week i interviewed michael bartlett and um he said and, and I, I meant to get back to this because it was a very shocking statement. He said, wait, wait, in the beginning of the conversation, he said, you know, look at this Uranus and Taurus, people are marrying robots. And yes. Like, oh, yeah. God. Yes. But I do think that weaves into the air period that we're just moving into and robot takeover <laughs> that we might see. Oh, another I know, it's another such astrologer that, that, uh, MJ Patterson, she's in Nova Scotia. She she basically compares the air period that we're just moving into for the next two hundred years to like robot takeover. Robot. <laughs> but not to be, I I do think AI has its place. We can, you know, I think like, but is it replacing our thinking function and stuff? Like, also thinking of the older generation of astrologer who always say, oh, the younger generation is amazing, but you can you know, you can create like 50 charts in three hours. It took us all day to, to write one chart. Right. Um, so the amount of information we're assimilating is more. Eventually, does that mean that humans become obsolete? That's another big question in terms of astrology. If AI can write horoscopes, if AI can replace like the role of thinkers. Um, and it and won on Jeopardy. It won the, you know, did it? I don't. Yeah, I that was see a that. couple of years ago. It, it they put a robot with was it Ken Jennings, the the, the big Jeopardy champ, or yeah. somebody. But they it beat the the top person. So yeah. that, that that is definitely alarming. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, this these are all things that I think are coming very quickly down the pipeline. So the status quo right now, where we find ourselves as astrologers online practicing, I do think is going to change a lot in the next five, six years with the advent of AI. AI are writing articles online now. A lot of people hire, uh, well, they don't hire AI, but they use AI to just to write simple articles on topics and stuff. So I, 
as a horoscope writer myself, I do wonder if my job will not become obsolete as AI become able to just do astrology, you know, quickly. Oh, that's so creepy. <laughs> and it's like, then yeah. we don't need astrologers, right? If that's, if that's where that's going. Well, yeah. the, the, the pendulum of that, I do think, and that's why I'm asking myself these questions and also like kind of throwing it out there is that how can we return to just more organic, natural uh, relationship mm -hmm. with the light? Um, you know, everybody knows that it's better to turn your phone off an hour before you go to bed so that you can have like a real good night of sleep because your body and your circadian rhythm, rhythm needs that. Most right. people experience insomnia. That's because the blue light, the LED from your screen is telling you that it's daytime. So those are all very simple, basic things, but it's just all permeating. So I do think it's pushing people to return again to more simple things. So yeah, I, I looked at the, um, I, I said this, you know, earlier when we were chatting in the email, um, you know, there was a, um, the Bing search page every day, they have a beautiful picture and image. And I always like to see the, the picture. And it was this a picture of, it was international dark sky. I don't know if May is international dark sky month, but the whole dark sky movement has been very prevalent in the last few decades. And especially now, and they said that now 83% of the world's population is living under light pollution. Yeah, I saw that when you said like that. Yeah, it's, God. yeah. But at the same time, we don't. So if humans evolve using the cycle of the light and darkness to survive, because fundamentally that's what it was, but we don't need it to survive anymore because we're so intertwined inside the technology and the systems that like really it has to be like a voluntary kind of thing that happens because we're not dependent we're not dependent. so much right we're not you know right i mean the sun rising and setting for thousands of years meant survival but at this point right now with our big cities and stuff like and we can grow uh food in we can grow food in like greenhouse or like different setup um so it, yeah it's it's a weird uh, it's a weird period. that's why for me it's like such a crazy thing to think about like electricity was only discovered like a few hundred years ago how is we're still experiencing this like turning point as humans and it seems like a long time ago but in retrospect maybe in a thousand years from now they'll be like oh this whole period when they discovered electricity that's when our body changed that's you know or who knows what but it's it's i think it people underestimate because we use electricity every day but underestimate the impact that electricity will have on our physiology yeah i know that um they said that kids you know who are always got you know they grew up in this generation of you know they this whole generation of kids never knew anything but the internet you know i i'm old yeah. enough to this not, that was not the case <laughs> and, um but same here yeah yeah, it's like, you know, I tell people, I, you know, there used to be this thing called pay phones and they're like, yeah. what's that? I'm like, yeah, you put a coin in and, you know. Like, I, I have know. nostalgia for pre-internet uh, pre sometime. Like I find myself and my friends having nostalgia for the time where you made a plan on Friday night and there was no way of knowing 
because you didn't have cell phone and you just it was like friday night that's what's happening you know right yeah it is it, it can be it definitely we're at that place where it is nostalgic to think wow we didn't have call waiting i didn't you know when i grew up we didn't have call waiting um, on the yeah. landline people now are like what's a landline <laughs> now we're yeah. just constantly accessible constantly reachable but it makes us really compulsive in terms of checking our phones constantly and working constantly and constantly being geared in this yeah in this kind of so mode when you think about ai and like it's become like an exterior brain so to speak it's like this outside brain and like yeah what does it do to our you know our wonderful natural organic brain that never needed that and so it's this clash you know it's like on a positive note i would like to say though that i do believe that the internet is simply a metaphor for the, for our interconnectedness yes um and what i found is that the telepathic occurrence with people i've never met and the connection with people I've never met uh, really is revealing that interconnectedness. You know, like we, we can sense each other because of the internet. So it's kind of showing us already our pre-existing interconnectedness and it's, it's um, accelerating, I think, our capacity to be connected and to feel connected and maybe to communicate across boundaries, just like telepathically talking about like another side of Uranus, you know, um, we are, we do send electrical impulses and there is a lot more that is not visible. And I do think that the internet is a beautiful metaphor for that. That's why also like focusing where, where you're focusing your attention on the internet is simply an extension also. So you want to be very selective Careful. with what you're consuming. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That, that's really super important because that that's our consciousness it's it's affecting our consciousness what we consume um and certainly it almost seems like it's amped up more when it's the internet because if it was just you consuming in your own home and a book you know or whatever that's so radically different than taking it online and and all it just steps everything up you know exponentially so yeah it reminds me of like the quick synapses of neurons, you know? It's like, I'm sending a text message, choo, 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 and the person answers me. And, um, but I do experience so much more synchronicity with others also because of it, it's almost like it augments, it really aug augments our interconnectedness. That's, that's how I've been conceptualizing it anyway. Mm. I know when, um, when we, we just, you know, went through this whole, you know, Jupiter, Neptune conjunction and you know Venus was there and you know just all that we've been through in the last couple of months and um with with that Neptune conjunction and I I could feel it you know I mean because we all as astrologers we were aware that this would be happening where you'd have that feeling of oneness and, and there was all this really it was more heightened synchronicity I'd be thinking about something and, and I get a text from somebody that yes exactly that message you know? yeah like, yeah exactly yeah. yeah, and and that's maybe one other thing of the air period that I'm wondering about is if we're not going to become a little bit more like the like a the antenna that we are, you know, because of this augmentation of the electricity and the internet and stuff like that. I, I like to think that we we 
It's like, we already are the, in, you know, our brains and all, we, we are the, nat we'll call, I don't know, better, for lack of a better phrase, we are like the natural internet. Like that, in, the internet yeah. that you see is really, the, the there's nothing like the natural brain to, yeah. to do that. And it's like, hey, we can rely on that. And we will have to, because gosh, you know, Uranus and, and uh, Taurus, you know, with these eclipses, man, you know, we and they talk about the grid, the, the infrastructure and, and the, the electric grid in different countries, you know, they're being alarmed at the and, and keeping it in place. And what if a sun flares on the sun, you know, they can knock out grids, you know, and, and even California, when Uranus first went into Taurus in May of 2018, gosh, it's been four years now. Um, but they talked about rolling blackouts and how people may have to just just like new normal and uh, that you all these creature comforts that you thought, you know, were you automatically just, you know, turn on your faucet and you have water. It's like, well, you know what, maybe it's not going to be like that. And we could be seeing that for sure. That, yeah. That, you know, break. Self-sufficiency is a big, I, I always attribute self-sufficiency to Mars and then more extensively um, to the Scorpio Taurus axis. And I do think Uranus also has some kind of self-sufficient signature to it because Uranus wants to do its own thing. It doesn't want to rely on any, on the status quo. So I do think that we're seeing more and more people who are like, okay, well, I'm going to take the matter into my own hand. I'm going to grow food. I'm going to, because the system is becoming less and less reliable. So there is like an, the, the dream of the sixties of self-sufficiency um, is kind of continuing at this point. I, I do find that with, especially with Uranus and Taurus now. Mm, yeah. And it's, and some of it is we're just being, excuse me, forced to reckon with these um, because we've just been this profligate spending and, you know, raping the earth for creature comfort and all of yeah. that, that we, you know, with the environment and the way we, you know, factory farming, um, meat production, factories, you know, spraying Roundup and, you know, and glyphosate. And, you know, there's that toll that we're now, you know, we got the bill. We got the bill for it now with the Taurus Scorpio yeah. eclipses. It's like, okay, right. okay, now what are we going to do? Well, let's reinvent ourselves and our relationship with the earth. It's, it's interesting because it's almost like every time we try to adjust, it creates other problems. Um, it, it seems, you know, for a very long time that we're kind of on this ecological journey because I was learning about like recycling in, when I was five, six years old. Um, <clears throat> and I do wonder like all of the lab created meats and stuff and plant-based meat, if it's not gonna create other, other sort of issues also on the side, you know? Um, I do think there's something about just like basics, like just returning to basic, which is also contradictory because we are with the social media and stuff, an influencer, we see the life of the rich and famous very, very, it's almost like we're living with them. Um, you see influencers online, <clears throat> Instagram is really problematic for that because you see people who are extremely rich. Um, and it's just, it seems so accessible and stuff. And I do think the divide between like there's middle class disappearing and the divide is getting wider and wider. So although we're getting more ecological, I do think that excess is also happening 
to like an insane level like i and that's the question is is it just human nature to want to have things and want to consume and want even though we're aware that like there's destruction everybody's ordering online amazon is very quick so we're still consuming and producing things even though we have the impression of maybe being more ecologically inclined are we really because the consuming culture online is crazy you just press a button and you get whatever you want mm -hmm. just like that and i think too when you mentioned about watching these you know celebrity reality shows of the um you know the these gorgeous homes and such and 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 it's like people living vicariously if they can't have that multi-million dollar home then they just they get their shot of it their fix you know by watching this computer screen and they're watching this this show and it's like it puts them in that world but then they don't have any real connection with it and it, it's almost like getting a fix you know yeah and also i do think that a lot of young people think that they can aspire to that that it's accessible that it should be given to them i do i do see a lot of that like the the i mean and i think that's fundamentally human nature but when you're exposed to that every day on social media it's almost like I, I do think a lot of people aspire to that kind of materialism. I think that's just part of the human condition. And I wonder in our effort to consume less and to become more self-reliant, if parallel to that, just the ex exposure from social media to like the life of the rich and famous, like all these stars that just have like social media account and they're just po posing like by the pool with their fancy clothes. Um, all the young people, they they really think they can aspire to that. Um, so it's it's making a, a generation of people, like you were saying, the younger generation who grew up with the internet, it's just making a generation of young people who don't know anything else, you know? It's it's the real reality they live in, even though it's not reality. It's not reality, right? Yeah, yeah so. Yeah, but in terms of Uranus and Taurus, I do think it's gonna, regardless, it's gonna bring some surprises and yeah, like obviously food shortage and, and all of that, that a lot of astrologers have predicted. So it's gonna force us to, to think about like the essential and sim simplifying, I do think that. Mm. And and just, you know, I would, the words that come to mind is, you know, you think that's glamor, you know, with like, you know, the, you see people at, you know, with these long nails and they're and all this stuff, you know, nail, my God, the I nails nowadays, they're getting like, how do you type? How do you type on a keyboard or your phone with these? I don't know. I would, I would totally have nails if I had nothing else to do. <laughs> I, I, I have no use for those things. It just bothers me. Oh, I have to have short nails. But um, yeah, just, um, you know when you maybe it's about a new like maybe the uranus and taurus uh signature um and again being very loud with with the eclipse season is saying you know let me show you a new form of glamour maybe real glamour is like like I, you know what i love to do elodie every morning i love to go out in the, in the sunshine in the early morning and facing the east and i look at the trees there's a beautiful uh 
tree that's very close to my, my patio door and I look at the sun through the, 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 look at the leaves that the sun is coming through the leaves and it's a bright, bright emerald green color. And I just wow. love to just do this eye meditation. And I just like consciously open my eye chakras and like, like let I'm that coming over in. tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah. Come on over. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. You're always welcome. Um, but the, um, I need, I need some French practice. So you have to come, you know, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> and I will not speak English for a month and I will just be immersed and I will then it would come out. <laughs> um, but um, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. If you do that, it's really cool. And then that green, that green light is like consciously coming into my body and it's like flooding me and it feels so good just on an energetic level that connection. I stand barefoot as much as I can. All right. You know, warm weather, obviously it's, you know, it's something that all of us can do, but um, we have to, you know, wait for the warmer weather, but even when it's cold in the winter, even if it's two minutes, I'll go out with bare feet and, and that, and every, you know, and I think another thing with Uranus and Taurus is get used to the, you know, like, take cold showers, you know, try like, like, oh, these things that you're like, oh God, I can't stand it. It's like, go in and just be with it and come out the other end and you, you have a different view of these things. But anyway, yeah, that's what I, this, this, you know, and it could be a little forced or it could just be this aha moment. It could be all of it of us saying, you know, we have a different view of, of glamour, maybe glamour and beauty is, it's not, you know, Kim Kardashian's hundred Shit, you know, new outfits and red nails and, or that you, we want to aspire to that, you know, how about if we aspire to looking at that green light coming through the sun and um, feeling that yeah. under our feet. I think you express like a spiritual fundamental principle that like, you know, um, happiness is not found in, in material, like, in in seeking material things although it can bring like uh temporary uh i i think like that's kind of the the spiritual principle of most faith you know and most spiritual tradition is just that we tend to forget that's what i was saying i think it's the human condition um but yeah with this taurus eclipse and your innocent taurus i think it's like an amazing moment to get rich with that with what is there already with life, you know, just like with the existence, with the embodiment, like that's really, you're filling yourself with that. Like you're filling your bank account, you know? Yeah. I love yeah. that. Get rich with the, get rich. Yeah. You can get rich quick. You know, that's, yeah, yeah. Know, get but rich it's a quick, state but of mind. Wealth is a state of mind. And I always remind myself that that's from my dad and, you know, being rich, wealthy is a state of mind that's all it is it has nothing to do with your bank account it is a state of mind and and yeah. maybe this this these eclipses are showing us like you know you to get rich quick you know yeah you can and and our notion of what rich is 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 definitely getting shifted and, and it's an invitation to see wealth like you said it, it is a state of mind and it's, it's not about the um, material bling, but it is about the material, like look at that beauty in that leaf and look at the wealth that you that I received just looking at green leaves on trees. I mean, to me, that's, I'm so grateful that I have trees around me. There are people who live in these cement 
you know, in cities with cement everywhere and you don't see much green. And it's like, wow, I get to look at all these green trees and that's a well. Oh, your dog agrees with me. Thank you. I didn't tell him to say that. There's a, there's, it's funny because we're talking about tours and stuff and there's farmers bringing manure in the meadows around here for the spring fields and wow. he's being exposed to that. Um, but yeah, I do think like in terms of the Scorpio Taurus axis, you know, I was wondering about, about it a lot just as an astrologer and stuff. And I do think there's a certain aspect about uh, simplicity and returning to simplicity and simplifying what feels overly complicated and the, the human oh my goodness sorry it's okay we, we, this is an inclusive podcast we include all of it he has some important things he's trying to share with us it's like Uranus and Taurus unpredictability um, right right but yeah, the, the human experience and like Buddhism, they say like fundamentally samsara, like our reality is sort of illusion. And we are here to understand the essential and it isn't a good opportunity to do that, to return to, to these kind of essential principle that like uh, you're gonna get lost in, in material reality. You're gonna get lost. If you go too deep and into your desires and want, you're you're gonna lose the plot you're gonna lose the essential you're gonna lose the essential core of what you're looking for which is just presence and embodiment um mm. i love that that's really important i love yeah. that's really that's that's a huge huge message for us yeah yeah, because it. we're never going to get everything we want. There's always something wrong. There's always more that we want because we're almost there. If only I had that, then then I would be happy. Happy. Yeah, it's like this hamster wheel. But it's a fundamental human condition, but we forget. And I do think also that like the quick access with stuff online and being exposed to people who are like lounging by the Mediterranean and stuff, we just forget that it's not that's not really where it's at, you know, we're, we're like aspiring to all of these things. Maybe they can come to us, but fundamentally we also need to be embodied and present. And even if you had all that, there would be something else. It's like so simple. And it's like the fundamental of, of all the mystical texts, but we still get lost in overcomplicating our, because of our desired nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. which I think is like the Scorpio end, you know, the Scorpio, Scorpio is very hungry. It's very, it wants to just consume. Yeah. And I mean, Taurus also, it's, it's a very like, it's the axis of desire. It's ruled by Mars and Venus, Mars and Venus's desires, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, what consumes you? Let's yeah. take a look. What, what's yeah. consuming? You think you're being consumed by this, but it's, you're really, look over here. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with desiring. I think it's beautiful. It makes, you know, we create art in the process. We create literature and all sorts of beautiful things. But also if it consumes you, it can make you very unhappy. Yeah. Because you, but because you feel like you're not getting what you want and then you're not 
looking at the leaves and soaking in the emeralds you know you could have all the emeralds of the world every morning if they're right there yeah <laughs> they're right outside i just water them a little bit and <laughs> yeah i i saw it when you were describing and i saw i i imagined the sun passing through the leaves and stuff and it's beautiful practice what you know obviously it's not gonna put food on the table <laughs> but, but it's it's free <laughs> it yeah it's it's free and you're coming you're already come starting the day from a better place you're not starting the day from a place of lack let's say yeah yeah and the green yeah. you know if you think about like you know wealth that to me is wealth consciousness that and if you live in a and like the Pacific Northwest where there's not a lot of sun, you know, that's okay. You know, whatever light comes through, just, you know, we work with that and the play of, of light and dark and sun and I don't know, whatever it is that floats your boat, just to, to focus on some aspect of nature and um, enjoying that and, and, you know. Breathing, the simple yeah. act of breathing. I mean, breathing. that's like something we forget in that just returning to the nervous system and our experience of the internet you know i think most people are just breathing very very shallow i'm yeah. experiencing that i'm aware of that i still am just like because it's so fast and the internet's so fast i'm in nature i live off grid i'm still like uh you know a lot of people say oh you're lucky you're off grid i want to be off grid in nature but i'm still experiencing stress and i'm still experiencing the disregulation of, of my breathing mm, yeah that Nobody's, is a huge one yeah I, I i think like it's not when it's not when we get this or that it's like it's right now it's right now and in the breath and um yeah i was just gonna say oh yeah you know what's coming to me is um that the breath is um you know, you talk about wealth consciousness and shifting consciousness because people who are highly conscious have a very powerful um, relationship with their breath and a very conscious relationship. So, you know, I've said this many times in the different podcasts here is that pranayama is so with that Uranus and Taurus, it's like, come on, you know, pranayama, man, what a door. You talk about wealth and you want to talk about the riches of what's inside you and conscious breathing. And there's so many kinds you go on the internet you can find a million of them you know or just breathe your you don't have to even do a formal breathing um but just being conscious of it and coming back to the breath is is um you know what the words that are coming to me is like breath is wealth yeah and i and i think like with the taurus exit like with the north Northern taurus with uranus and taurus and stuff it's like it's as simple as that i do think after the pandemic fat fatigue and the trauma of the last two years, people are just looking to just like, I just want simple. I want to be in my five senses. I want to experience, you know, we're not looking for complicated things here. We're, we're kind of traumatized. We want to just like health, organic, you know, juicy. Right, right. And then breath, man, it doesn't matter what climate you're in. Even if you're surrounded by concrete, if you're listening to this podcast and you're in a city and you're like, oh gosh, I don't really have access, we can go to a park. But even if you can't, even if you're in, gosh, even if you're in prison, like we'll take it down to the most extreme place. It's like, you have your breath. You know, there, there are people who 
become fully self-realized in in solitary confinement in prison cells there's what's his name actually this guy damien i can't remember his name but yeah that's what happened to him (laughs) it's like all he had was his breath you know it's like all right everything is taken away from me and it's just you and your breath yeah he developed all sorts of skills and eventually was found not guilty and came out and wrote about his experience but he developed all of these spiritual practice while he was in prison because he had nothing else um i don't think it's the yeah i mean i uh, like in terms of like where we find ourselves with this cycle of eclipse i do think that there are a lot of things that has been taken away maybe other things will be taken away from us like uh, mobility with the price of gas and accessibility to food and stuff so yeah we need to find like other ways to we, we need to find other ways to exist it's not like just coasting like we always did right yeah coasting's over coasting's yeah. over yeah it, it really feels like that. <laughs> yeah we don't get to coast anymore <laughs> well we can coast like the breath and and all of these simple things yeah yeah coast coast on that we'll take coasting and move it to another place yeah yeah and with Taurus, it's the five, I always say we, it's return to the five senses. Like everybody has to eat. It's about like enjoyment of, of our senses of taste, of smell, of touch. It's, it's accessible. It's like, yeah. I remember years ago when I, um, I got on a more disciplined yogic path and I remember doing, I remember this one day I did like two hours of yoga asanas and I remember, and I, you know, I, you don't know my ha- my eating habits, but my friends do. I love to eat, and people are like, "Oh, you're so thin." How do you? I don't. I just I love to eat. You know, it's like <laughs> I know in my chart why I love to eat. I can see it, but um, <laughs> but that you know, I burn it off the calories up quickly. But I remember feeling so um, high from all this deep asana and breathing, and I had I created this current, this you know, this like bob, and it just went for hours and i did not have hunger for like six hours oh that's amazing i was just riding that thing and 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 like i said that's a big breakthrough especially for me who loves to eat i had no i I, I transcended that appetite you know channel so to speak and wow that's what's available you know so breathing and breath work and wow it's it definitely opens doors that it blew me away. I never forgot that. It was many years ago, but um, yeah. So this, these are things that are um, really, I think that we're at that portal now where these, these ideas are, they're right in, in front of us. And it's like, okay, here's a choice point. What are you going to do when, you know, there's food shortage or we already see some of that with the supply chain. Who are we going to be? You know, what, what we, we rely on ourselves. Taurus. Yeah, and Taurus Scorpio access is very real too. It's so I I wonder how that's going to transpire as the year progress and Mars stations retrograde later in October. Um I do think it's like a very real access. So it brings us in contact with our reality, like in a in a real way. You know, it's like it it's like uh if there's dissatisfaction and things that are not working, it's going to be really, really obvious. It's not so um, mutable, let's say, like the Virgo Pisces axis, where it could be maybe more, uh, I don't know, fluid or something. They're fixed signs. They're fixed. very, 
anything that's very grounded and rooted you know it's oh i want my comfort zone i want my mtv yeah (laughs) now what are you gonna do (laughs) yeah yeah exactly but it is the axis of desire and i do see it in consultation people we want we need we want we need (laughs) and it's it's just very obvious and and it's it's interesting in contrast to the internet where everything seems that we can get get it very quickly you know uh, this mars is going to be uh con- mars will translate the eclipse point i want to say i wrote it down it's earlier in july i don't want to say around the 10th and then um with these subjects coming up again july will be really hot and then with with <clears throat> july and and the north mars i just want to say it's in closing like mars and the north node um, conjunct with Uranus. Uranus. All three, yeah, yeah, all that's three amigos. Whoop, yep, first of all, yeah. it's like judging the, the, the uh-huh. three amigos. That's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's gonna be interesting. I do. I don't necessarily think it's like um, as malefic as what we have seen in Capricorn in late 2020. Right. Well, um, well Mars is going to be in Taurus, and and that's in its so-called exile, but. I see that as a good thing. It's like, good, let Mars hang out in Venus's temple because it's it's there's a whole new opportunity here. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. I do, yeah, and it's not Pluto and Saturn, you know, it's it's a different thing. Uh, Pluto and Saturn brought the lockdowns and brought, you know, sickness Heavy. and stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's, but I do think there's a, yeah, it's a, it's a completely different kind of thing now. Um, North Node is with Uranus and, and Mars is definitely not going to be the most relaxing oasis. <laughs> <laughs> relaxing in, a, in some other dimension, but not in the one we're used to. <laughs> but maybe, and that's why also I was kind of reinstating the importance of regulating the nervous system because as we see these Uranus signature through this year, um, you know, being triggered and stuff like the more able you're to regulate your system, the better you are to deal with the anything that comes through. I actually found a book last night. I was just like uh, in used bookstore and I I found the full catastrophe, catastrophe living. <laughs> Using the wisdom of full catastrophe living is the title i'm saying this for people on the audio part of the podcast um using the, the subtitle is using the wisdom of your body and mind to face stress pain and illness and the author's name is john cabot zinn z-i-n-n phd wow but i thought the catastrophe was a good word in some ways i mean uranus is not necessarily catastrophe but uranus is unpredictability and you know, as we are not sure about rising price and food and what are we going to do and is this a good idea and stuff like that, I do think it's returning to the body and regulating yourself and your nervous system and your breathing will allow you to do pretty much anything at that from from that standpoint from a place that's kind of centered and grounded. So yeah, I just I, I thought I mean, this was written a long time ago now, and we can find all of this stuff online. But I, I do think my mindfulness is really important, even more so when we, we find ourselves in like Uranian times. 
Mm, yeah, for sure. I remember yeah. years ago, I remember thinking there will come a day when all that we will have left is our breath and our integrity. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, integrity is another really important word, I think, to both Scorpio and Taurus. Access, loyalty, integrity. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Part of the yeah. simplification process. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. Yeah, simplification. Yeah, that's what it is. It's all, yeah, the simpler. We love simple. There's a big world in simple, like the, the Buddhist koan poetry. You know, it's like that one line contains the whole universe. Yeah. Yeah. Returning to the essential. Returning to the essentials. Yeah. Oh, well, that has been a really <laughs> cool chat. I am so grateful that we were able to get together, Elodie. This is awesome. Yeah. How can people find you? Can you give us the name of your website? Yeah, so my website is ninthhouseastrology.com. And um, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, but I'm not super active at this point. Um, my horoscope, I write monthly horoscope for Astrograph website. So my horoscope are, are they're very extensive um, horoscopes. So, um, yeah. Astrograph, and it, people can access them at astrograph.com. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, otherwise, uh, yeah, my website, everything's there. Cool. And if they Thank just put so in, much. if they're if they're not cool with their French, and they can just get to LOD, it's like melody without the M, right? Yeah. L O D I E L O D I E. And if they can Google that, I'm sure people can find you as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much for having me. It was an yeah. honor meeting you. I know. I'd love to keep our chats. We'll, we'll have to come circle back again. And, um, you know, and then we'll... we can do the reverse. I'll interview you. Oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Whatever. Whatever. I'm, I'm game. <laughs> well, all right, guys. Well, yes. And thank you all for listening. And um, if you liked and found value with this, so please like, share, subscribe. It always helps the algorithm. Um, we're so grateful for, for everybody. Um, and yeah. Until next time, uh, this is Irliana Samsara with Elodie Saint-Ange-Aubu. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. And everybody have a really blessed day and blessed eclipse season. Namaste. Namaste. Hey, goodbye from Star Sound Astrology for now. <laughs> Au revoir, <laughs> right? It means literally until next time. So, or salut. <laughs> or salut, right? <laughs> All right, guys. Take it easy. Bye for now. <laughs>